We go to our fan phone line here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show on this Wednesday night. With us now, Moorhead Spud, boys basketball coach, that's Tyler Borman. And uh, Tyler, before we talk about your squad and how the gym in Watertown was last night, uh, I'm guessing 30 boneless wings with a varsity boys basketball team would go over in about two minutes, right, Coach? Yeah, I tell you what, with our group, it, that that wouldn't make us very far. Uh, I don't think we'd get real far <laughs> with 30, but I'd uh, our guys would, uh, you know, they, they'd be pretty excited about that. We've, we've been known to, to run over and grab some wings every once in a while as a team, and they usually get pretty fired up about it. Let's talk about your game from last night, a nice 57-43 win. And, and your squad in any Moorhead sport is used to travel, but you went down I-29, went to Watertown last night. What did you think about Watertown's gym, but also just the quality of team that you played in the arrows and picking up a, a road win here, Coach? I thought it was a really uh, just a really solid win for our group against a, a very competitive and and honestly difficult team to guard in, in Watertown. Um, the the uh, facilities were, were tremendous. Uh, their their game night operations were outstanding. You know, I think they were just excited to see somebody other than uh, kind of the, the ESD schedule that they play, uh, similar to the North Dakota schedule. They're they're only allotted I think twenty or twenty one games, and they just don't have a lot of of out of conference uh, opportunities and. So they were excited, I think, to just have us, uh, you know, make the trip down. And as I explained to their AD, two hours on a weeknight for us is actually not that not that unor- uh, out of the ordinary. You know, we, we make those trips on occasion. And uh, wh- while we may go down to the Metro on the weekend, we, we still will play some hour and a half to two hour type, type trips uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I thought it was actually a really good fit for us to get a, a midweek game in against a really solid ball club in Watertown. And uh, just a really good win for our group, and like I said, what well, was a really cool facility. The the arena, when you walk in, just just has a great feel to it. And to your point again, Moorhead's used to doing this, and I just look at the Moorhead Spuds boys basketball schedule. A handful of teams from the Twin Cities, whether it's Rogers, uh, Maple Grove, you look at teams that are from around the state of Minnesota, Bemidji, you dab into North Dakota, you got Grand Forks, Red River, you got Fargo Shanley coming up, you already played West Fargo, you still have a, uh, games yet with Detroit, Lake Sartell, Alexandria. So uh, you guys really get to see a wide variety of the state year in and year out, don't you, Tyler? We do, you know, and I think it prepares us well at the end of the year, Chase. We we see a lot of different styles uh, on our schedule um, and high-quality competition, whether we're, you know, going down to the Metro or travel across, you know, across the river and, and play some teams out of the EDC. I just think we, we, we see real quality competition night in and night out. And we talk to our guys about how it's never going to be easy, gentlemen. You know, you just you can't step out on the floor with our schedule on a nightly basis and just expect things to – to, to just fall into place. You got to work for it. And I think that's great. I think it's a real uh, developmental uh, schedule for, for our team in that we learn a lot about ourselves as the year goes along. And, and it gives us a lot of opportunities to test ourselves and then, and then go back to work in the, you know, in the practice gym at fixing some of those things that, you know, we're maybe not doing at a high level. And uh, it's just, I think our schedule uh, right now, the way it is set up, uh, you know, credit to our AD, Dean Haugo, who I think has set up a really solid schedule, and he and I work closely on that to, to challenge ourselves, uh, but also uh, put together a schedule where, you know, I think it's reasonable for us to expect night in and night out to compete. Uh, and, our, and our group has really uh, stepped up to the plate of late and, and done that. You know, I think we, we've been playing uh, really solid basketball here the last week and a half uh, after a stretch where we weren't playing real well. And, so I just think that, uh, you know, night in, night out, our group tested, and, and we really believe in that, and, and we feel like it's it's in our best interest to do that. 
We'll talk a little bit more about the individuals on this year's squad and also just kind of what Class 4A Section 8 competition has been like for the Moorhead Spuds. We're talking with boys basketball coach Tyler Borman with us. But, Tyler, what, what got you into coaching? When did you think, okay, you know what, I want to you know blow the whistle and practice and be on the sidelines and come up with maybe something X's and O's wise? And what, what just kind of drew you to coaching? And, you know, specifically, I know you were in Breckenridge before you came to Moorhead for the 2016-17 season. What has it been about just this area? Uh, uh, for for you to kind of stay here for the last number of years, Tyler? You know, for me, Chase, it really started back when I was in elementary school. Uh, My my grandfather, Denny Anderson, was a longtime coach in the area, both uh, collegiately and at the high school level. And I just, I love being around, uh, you know, his teams in the locker room, in the gym, uh, you know, the the bus trips. I I think I just grew up with, with a real respect for, uh, the impact that coaches can have on, on the lives of, of young people. And, uh, you know, I just seeing the way he handled himself and the way he developed and mentored uh, the young men in his program, uh, I, I, you know, I looked up to him. I, I, I still do. You know, I aspire to have that same impact in our teams. And so for me, I think it kind of started at a young age. That I just really liked being in the gym. And, and then I've been really fortunate. You know, I've just had some really uh, – great mentors along the way within the coaching profession have given me opportunity, you know, that, that, that have kind of opened up doors for me that then I've been able to walk through Uh, Bob Torgrimson at, when he was at DGF and I was a a undergraduate student at Concordia offered me the opportunity to be his junior varsity coach for three years. Uh, A remarkable experience for someone, you know, who's working on their, their education degree and then being able every day to go into the gym and, and really just try and put some of those things to, to work. Uh, and, and then I had an opportunity after graduating from Concordia to go down and be a graduate assistant for Tom Billiter down in Augustana. And that really opened up the door for me at the collegiate level, uh, where I spent six years as an assistant. Uh, and then when the job opened in Breckenridge, it was just at the right time in my life. Uh, to be honest with you, my wife and I were expecting our first child and the, the, the recruiting world, uh, as I thought at that time, was maybe not conducive to being uh, the father that I wanted to be, you know, the amount uh, uh, of travel and just the time away from family. I, I really thought it was in, in my family's best interest as well as mine to, to maybe take a look at getting back into the high school level where there was a little less travel and imbalance from those side of things. So that's what led me to, to Breckenridge. And uh, like I said, you, you just don't really, you never really know when doors are going to open. And when, when this particular door opened and there was an opportunity here in Moorhead uh, about four years ago, I, I was ecstatic to even have an opportunity to interview for the position. Uh, more at high, obviously, dating way back to Coach Quinnett and Coach Goldsvig. And, you know, the, the coaches that have come before me have done an outstanding job of laying a, tr- uh, a foundation of, of success. And so for myself professionally, this was an outstanding opportunity. And then for my family to get back into the Fargo-Moorhead area, we were really excited about about being back in this area uh, and, and just the opportunities that it would present for raising our raising our young family and, and just being back here. So it's, you know, I wouldn't be where I am right now and, and, and have the opportunity to lead this program if it wasn't for a lot of people who have done a lot of things, I think, to really uh, assist in my uh, professional development along the way. 
Yeah, and to Tyler's story, I think you hear a lot about that, whether you're in college or high school. At a certain point, you have to step away and maybe find a different profession, or do you just go, you know what, I still want to do this, but maybe not at the college level, whether it be D1, D2, D3, NAIA. And to your point, Tyler, anyone that, that's in coaching, you're, you're balancing out that family life with your uh, basketball coaching world on top of anything else that you might be doing on a day-to-day basis. But at the end of the day, when you're on the those long bus trips the team probably becomes your second family and might know you a little bit better more than your wife during the time of the year right coach yeah and, and you know what my wife is unbelievably uh supportive uh she, you know standing she always has been my, my family has always been and in that they understand that this is a big part of uh, of i think who i am and and uh kind of my calling and, and what you know the impact that i want to have on people around me uh and our guys are tremendous as well about you know welcoming my family uh, kind of throughout the season. My my oldest son is seven now, and uh, any chance he can, he wants to be in the gym with us. Uh, we have two student managers at the varsity level, Riley Cooper and Zach Hilber, and they, they're they're incredible to him. You know, they allow him to to hang out with them when when they're doing stats and when they're setting up cam the camera before the game. He just wants to tag along with them. He wants to learn. He wants to be around it. Uh, so so top to bottom in our program, our guys have just been outstanding at welcoming him. Uh, and he's at an age right now where, where, where he's really excited about spud basketball. So it, it's been fun to kind of mesh those two things together, our program and my family. Uh, we're talking with Tyler Borman, Moorhead Spud Boys basketball coach. Uh, and, Tyler, when I look at the stats for your, for your squad, I see a lot of balance. I see a lot of guys that are anywhere 8, 9, 10 points per game, grabbing anywhere from 5, 6, 7 rebounds per game. But a senior that's standing out a little bit more is Drew Haggett. I know it's not just Drew and what he's been able to do with his 17 points per game, but it seems like for your squad, uh, on any given night, someone can go off for 10, 15, 20 points and, and really you know, maybe lead this uh, Moorhead Spud team this year. I think you're spot on. I think our balance is one of our strengths, really, Chase. You know, we beat uh, Elk River on Saturday. We 72% of our field goals were, were assisted, you know, and that doesn't happen unless you have a group that really believes in each other and shares the ball and just plays well together, you know, willing to pass up a good shot to get a guy a great shot. Uh, a great example that if Blake Walfall had really shot the ball well on Saturday and late, kind of late midway through the second half or so, he, he got a skip pass on the wing, and he, he certainly could have shot it. And I don't think any of our guys would have, uh, you know, would have um, blamed him for it, to be honest with you. He, he'd been shooting the ball well. He made an extra pass to corner three, and David Lindell buries it. You know, and, and those are the things that I think make our team difficult at times to guard is that we do have a guy in Drew Hagen that can go out and get 28 to 30 a night, but he doesn't feel like he has to. And I think that's a credit and a testament to his maturity right now. He, he doesn't force things because he trusts his teammates. Uh, his teammates trust him. You know, they're, they're willing at times to, to play through him, uh, especially I would say at points in the game where maybe, uh, you know, the other team's on a little bit of a run and we just need something to go well, or maybe, maybe calm our nerves a little bit. Uh, our guys have been really smart about playing through Drew, but a large part of that is because I think they trust that, that Drew's going to, going to find them when, when it matters as well, you know, and he's going to get them involved. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think our balance out right now is outstanding. I think it makes us difficult to guard, and it's fun to coach. You know, we've got a group that shares the ball, uh, and, and as coaches, that's not something we have to talk about very often. It just comes really natural with this group. 
And, Tyler, I know when I look down in terms of where you've coached at, and Noah Christensen obviously stands out, Malik Harden-Hayes, who are both are now with Dave Richmond at North Dakota State. I'll, I'll ask it this way. You've coached at the college level, as we've talked about a little bit with your history a couple minutes ago, and now being a high school coach. When you see someone that's coming up through the system or you're talking with a kid who's 15, 16 years old, or you're getting the parent question asking, going, hey, my, my kid's been in the gym since they're seven, right? They, they love the game. Do you think they can make the next level i'm not going to ask you if you say yes or no because those are conversations within a coach and a parent and every player and how much they are willing to work at it but i'm going to ask you what does it take for someone to get to the next level whether it might be d1 d2 naia juco to kind of get to that next spot for the love of the game or what do they need to do that you've seen a malik harden hayes and noah christensen maybe have just the talent within them with the genes but also what they've been able to do behind closed doors that uh, parents and family members, guys in the media, don't see on a day-out and day-out basis? I think that's an outstanding question. You know, and I'm going to kind of go at it at this angle. Uh, Noah and Malik are two young men that I was blessed, fortunate to coach. But I think they both are a really good example of, of what I tell our kids when, when they have aspirations to play at the next level. First and foremost, I want our guys to have those aspirations. I think that's tremendous. Um, but we also talk to them about how, uh, you know, while, while we can assist them in their development, we can't get them there. At the end of the day, uh, they're driving their own bus when it comes to that. You know, their ability to, as a player, I think, play outside their comfort level every day in practice. You know, uh, college coaches, uh, they're looking for guys who have a motor, and, and it's consistent. Um, I tell our guys, honestly, going into the summer months, Everyone can score, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. At a high level, everybody can put the ball in the basket. But are you willing to go get an offensive board or two when the game's on the line? Are you willing to take a charge when it, you know, when your team needs something to go well? Are you a guy who's going to set the tone defensively? Those are the things that I think really make you stand out to a college coach when they're going through the recruiting process. What do you do that, that makes your team better? In, in, in key moments, you know, and if you look at a guy like Malik, for instance, right now, what he contributes to the Bison, it, it's all those intangible things. You know, it's his motor, it's his energy, it, it's his enthusiasm. Um, it, Malik's a talented young man, but I think what allows him to compete right now is are the intangibles, the, the things that don't show up in the box score. And I think if you talk to Coach Richmond and staff, that's what really stood out to them through the summer and the fall was he's making us better in ways that, you know, you may not see if you put a highlight uh, tape together because it's not going to be made jump shots. Uh, it's not going to be some of those other things that I, I think, uh, you know, a casual fan may may gravitate towards. So one of the things you know, is just be the whole package. Um, the way you show up for weights in the morning, you know, do, do you have a smile on your face? Are you enthusiastic about it? Um, are you a guy who, who other players gravitate towards? I think at the college level with the amount of time and the effort and, and, and really just the sacrifice that it takes to be successful, you've got to be the whole package. Otherwise it just doesn't work. And, and coaches, college coaches, from my experience in recruiting truly do look for, for all those extras, you know, they're, they're watching guys warm up. They're watching how they interact with their coaches. They're watching how they bring guys together at points in the game where maybe things get a little bit out of sorts. And so I know it's kind of a long explanation, but, we have those conversations with our guys, with, you know, with, with families to say, we can help you 
in your development. But at the end of the day, it's really up to you. Are you going to have that drive? Are you going to play with that motor? And are you going to bring it every single day? Because if you do, then then we're going to help we're going to help try help you try and get there and, and, and put you in a position where you can do that. I think our program it honestly is positioned to do that right now. You know, I think Malik's a great example of that. Drew's an outstanding example of that going next year to play over at MSUM. And, and we've got some young guys coming through our program right now that they should have aspirations to play at the next level. And we're going to continue to encourage them and then push them to try and get there if that's something that, that they want to do. Hey, Tyler, thank you very much for that answer because I know that's always a question. If you're a coach, obviously you want to bring the team together. There's still student-athletes at the end of the day, but I'm sure you get asked that a lot as, hey, what does my son have to do to maybe get to the next level? So so thank you very much for that answer, Tyler. Best of luck moving forward with Detroit Lake Sartell. A couple of uh, section games that you got left on your schedule before you get into tournament play in the month of uh, March. Tyler, thank you very much for your time, and, and again, best of luck moving forward, okay? Thanks a lot, Chase. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Bart, Sunday, who do you like? you like the Chiefs or the 49ers first? Hard-heading question <laughs> for you here on this segment. Uh, you know, I uh, I kind of like the over in the game. Okay, I like that's, that. I that's like what that. I like. I'm rooting for points. So <laughs> I saw that it jumped. It was like 53-and-a-half when it started, and it went to 54-and-a-half. And so I think everybody's expecting points, and so I'll stay with that. So We're, we're talking with Bart Manson, who, by the way, Fargo-Davies, your team has liked to score points, you know, yeah. uh, since Fargo-Davies has been part of this varsity. Fabric for about a little over a decade now, Bart, from when everything yep, kind of yep, came in, right? Yep, yep. I think we're about, yeah, getting this might be our 10th year now. Yeah. I always have to go back and figure it out, but I think this is our 10th year, yeah. Because your very first varsity year, that was just all juniors, correct? correct. When they were kind of yep. getting their, their you know, uh, roots, so to speak, in terms of what high school varsity level basketball is but but since then i know you've been your squad the last couple of years has always seemed like they've been in the top five they've been talked about being an edc contender state title contender so the first question when it comes to your fargo davies basketball club talking with bart manson head coach is just kind of that you know target on your back when you're you're in and you're out you know one of the top end teams Bart. how do you handle that well you know obviously that's a challenge you know and i mean we know that we get everybody's best you know and uh and you know and I think it's you, you just have to take it and you got to you got to you know challenge yourself with that you know you got to know that you got to line up and play every night and if you don't there's a good chance that you could get beat and uh, and you know we've seen that this year you know we've seen that when we got beat up at Grand Fork Central you know we just didn't come ready to play and they played great and and we got beat and so I think it was a good lesson for us and and uh, you know having that target on the back I think it just you know everybody you know people talk about they don't you know like it and they don't want that and stuff like that well you know i kind of try to embrace it a little bit to try to get to the fact that you know it's the only thing that's going to continue to make us better is to go out and play every night and play every possession and we haven't done that you know we've been up and down a little bit this year and we uh, you know there's been games where we've really pieced together and and we look fantastic but you know, there's there's a lot of growing room when you're dealing with uh, 17, 18 year old kids. Since you lost to Grand Forks Central, you rattled off four straight wins. A, a nice performance last night against Fargo North. And what's the adjustment like? Because now you played South twice, you played North twice. You're down at the half against the North side, but came back and still won the game. What 
is it like now going the second time around facing a squad? Well, I think that, you know, you just get to know their teams a little bit better. You, once you've played them once, and then you can go back and look at it on film, and, and uh, you get a chance to scout them a little bit. And so you get a couple belt, you know, games under your belt where you can feel like uh, have a better grasp of what they want to do and uh, and how their players play. And, uh, you know, and so I'm looking forward to the second half here and seeing if we can't put together, you know, uh, you know, a run here where we're playing, you know, to, to towards 36 minutes a night and um you know I, I was talking to you before we got on the air and uh you know I, I we talked about this earlier and we have fantastic individual players in our conference and we saw one last night and uh that Caden Rickard uh for Fargo North you know he's not a big kid by any means but he's very shifty and you know everybody knows that he can score but what I was most impressed with him last night was his ability to play make and find the open guys and their open guys made shots and it, it just completely um, impressed me about his you know we were running guys at him and doing you know and he handled it and uh, you know and so we had to make some adjustments to come back and win that game and we were able to do it. I know when we were talking before the season started, you said every team this year seems like they got a guy that's like yep. a Rickard or going yep. up against Red River. You're going to have a Dvorak or Obioha or an Ederson or Benson. They got a lot that, of that, that, that are on the floor. So when you're looking at teams uh, like this sport, what was the message to your squad going into this year to know how top to bottom balance this EDC was going to be? Well, you know, we, we talked about that like on an earlier too when we were in here, just that, you know, it, I, I think that if you don't play well on a night, and that other team, you know, plays well and makes shots. You know, the game is is really kind of easy, you know. I mean, it's really an easy game. When the ball goes in the hole, it's easy for the refs to ref it. Right. It's either easier for the coaches to coach it. You know, it's either for the fans to watch it, you know. And so when that ball goes in the hole and uh, and things are going well for teams, it's hard to give momentum back. And uh, that's such a big thing when you're dealing with 17, 18-year-old kids, uh, you know, to understand, you know, when you need a basket, okay, now we got to slow things down. You know, we got to get back some momentum, guys. And that's been a struggle for us a little bit, you know. And we've buried ourselves a couple times, you know, going back to the state championship game where we got down 17 in the first half. And you just can't come back against a good team like Jamestown, you know. And so last night we buried ourselves. And I saw some good things from our kids about some leadership at halftime and stuff like that uh, of coming back and, and grinding through that game. And, you know, it, all these kids want to shoot the three so much today. And, you know, there's no 11-point play when we were down 11 at halftime. We said that to our guys, you know, you got to be able to chip away at it and chip away at it. And it's a, 18 minutes is a long half, and you just got to keep going and grinding through that. And uh, and uh, we were able to make some stops in the second half, which we did in the first. We're talking with Bart Manson, Fargo Davies, boys basketball coach. Funny you mentioned about everybody wants to shoot the three because they had NDSU junior forward Rocky Cruiser on, who's six foot ten. And let me tell you, when when you were playing basketball for for your dad up in Minot, I'm guessing a six foot ten guy was never around the three point line except maybe no. to send a screen. It wasn't a pick and pop; it was pick and roll, right? Well, and that's how the game has changed, you know. And I mean, the game has really, you know, gone away from the basket, and you know, you don't. Uh, you you just don't find that traditional post player, you know, and we, you know this week, you know, with Kobe Bryant and stuff like that, and the passing of him and that accident, and uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, just like, like those were the days where, like, when Jordan and Bird and and Magic and you know, and then Kobe came in, they all had great post player with them, you know, and now you just don't see it, you know. He Kobe had Shaq, you know, and they won a couple championships together, you know. There was a Houston had Akeem, you know. I mean, there was a bunch of guys around and. You just don't see it. It's all perimeter play. All the bigs can all put it on the ground. They all can shoot it, and it's extended into the high school game. And uh, and so we see a lot of our, you know, 
opponents and of course some of our guys too like to float a lot out there and then they just keep shooting and keep shooting and keep shooting and sometimes you bury yourself by taking that shot too much the one thing that's different is they probably shot it more at age 16 than no question 10 15 20 years ago to your yep. point with the nba steph curry clay thompson draymond green he changed and, the game and they rotate a five and the five yep. might be draymond green sometimes right yep yep i mean steph curry changed the game you know, a little guy like that thinking, you know, I mean, but everybody is analytical, you know, now, and they look at analytics, and, and they know that the three-point shot, they continue to take it. They're going to get enough good things out of it, and so that's where the game is going right now. Bart, I take a look on social media the other night, <laughs> and we'll talk to a little bit about your family life, too, just because of your coach, your daughter's at West Fargo, Cheyenne, right now. So Tuesday, Thursday, Friday nights are very busy on both sides of the aisle. But when you like, take a, we'll just take us back to Josh Demel first. Yeah. Uh, where, where was he at when you're able to say hi, if, if that's public information and not private? Yeah, yeah and, no. then, and then go back to just kind of your high school days. So it was my wife's birthday on Sunday, and uh, we decided to go out for brunch because my mom and dad, we're going to go up to watch Maggie play at UND. And so they had gone over earlier because I was at home waiting for a new washer to get delivered. <laughs> and so my daughter calls me and says, hey, get over here. Josh wants to see you. And I'm like, Josh who? You know, and he's, and because I haven't seen Josh now for a while. And, and it, it, Demel, he said, and I said, tell him I'll be there in 15 minutes. And so I got there, and, I mean, it was great to see him. I mean, he looks, he looks you know, obviously he's a lot stronger right. and stuff, but he looks like he could still play right now you know he's athletic and you know and that was the thing about josh he was six three and he was just a credible athlete and you know we played in the 90 state championship team together and uh and uh, i'll tell you an interesting stat you want to talk about the three pointers we went through the entire state tournament that year okay and i don't think this has ever been done before all right and didn't make one three-point basket that whole entire state and we won it and uh but we were big and we were physical, and we jammed it inside, and we and that's just the way that we played. And Josh and myself and a couple other guys were able to make some 17- and 16-footers, but we just didn't shoot the three back then. And that, uh, that was in 1990, and now you would never find no. that to be, you know. So, But uh, it was great to see him, and and uh, he's uh, I think he's got a cabin. I'm not quite sure, but uh, he's got a new movie coming out. He told me about a bunch of our high school buddies that they made. <laughs> I had heard wind, and I told Josh, I said, hey, Josh, I said, look, we play Kirby on Friday, Red River. Kirby and I, you know, and, and Josh, and, you know, there's a bunch of us mine and high guys, and Kirby graduated and played for my dad also. I said, you got to come to the game. He's like, well, I'm going back to L.A. on Thursday. And I said, Josh, I said, this is the only time <laughs> that you're going to get the chance to. You can sit half on Kirby's bench right. at Red River, and then you come over to my half, the second half, and you can sit on my bench as the honorary coach. So, so we'll see if he takes it, takes me up on it and will be at the game on Friday. So That will be something for fans. In terms of social media, everyone's got a camera. Everyone will definitely yeah. be taking photos yeah. if that's yeah. going to be the case. And, Bart, we got a couple more minutes with you left. When it comes down to just uh, specifically for yourself, I know I've seen you before, seeing uh, your niece, you know, Maggie, and, and going up to, to UND and seeing you in the stands when she was at the state tournament last year as much is you you could kind of be coach yeah. but also kind of family member at the same time and you got to deal with that even in your own household where you're wearing one shade of a color yeah. but they're wearing a different shade which kind of is a rival a little bit right oh, now. Yeah, with, there's with no question school, yeah right there's no question so um you know it, it's great i i mean i love it uh i wish i could get a chance to see her play a little bit more but you know and um you know 
can go out to huddle and watch him, and you know, and uh, you know, Larry does a good job of covering games on Channel Twelve. Yeah, Larry Lubin, and legend. He, yeah, legend. Yeah. And uh, and so I've been able to watch a few, and you know, and they played a couple games on Beck, and I know they got Beck on Valley City on Friday, and so I'm able to catch some uh, tomorrow. I'm excited because I get to watch her in person, and so they play South with that makeup game. So I was glad that that works out for me to get over there and get a chance to watch her play, but. It's uh, it's different sitting in the stands, you know, and it's different when you can't control things, and you know, and you're just sitting back and just trying to be a dad and and uh, you know, and trying to support them in the right ways. Is it is it weird when Cheyenne and Davies does play when you have Olivia coming up and you're trying to you know pay attention to what she's doing as a dad, but at the same point you're like. I got a game in an hour and a half to kind of prep for. Even though we've done our prep, I still yeah. got to make sure X, Y, and Z are in the gym and they're getting ready and they're licensed though or going to the trainer. Well, I'll even give you another one, okay? The last game of the season we play Cheyenne, all right? It, it, you know, all things lining up right now, it looks like we're headed for a big matchup again, you know? And uh, my senior in high school, Avery, is uh, a manager for Cheyenne Boys Basketball Team, <laughs> all right? And so they have senior night that night. Yep. And uh, so, you know, Coach Kirchhoffner over there was, uh, you know, he, he talked to Avery earlier, and I really appreciate this. And uh, he said, you know, we normally do it a different night, but, you know, I want your dad to be here. And so, you know, I'll get a chance to do senior night, watch my daughter play before that. It'll be a really great night. I love it. That's going to be something where I'm sure there's going to be a Manson section. Yeah. You know, half, yeah. half in Fargo Davies right. stuff, half in West Fargo yeah. Cheyenne attire. So, no, it, it makes a lot of fun. And obviously your story, I know, has been uh, documented in terms of going back to playing for your dad yep. up in mine at high, being a Mr. Basketball finalist and being a Mr. Basketball in the state. And then obviously everything that's now kind of with the next generation, so to speak, moving into doing their stuff so uh, bart thank you very much for your time uh, we're out of time right now uh, best of luck down the line i know you got your davy squad at 12 and 1 on the year and you got a couple of games coming up a specific one again with grand forks whatever whether josh demel shows up or right. not you got to worry about 36 minutes of basketball no question all right thanks bart that's again bart manson fargo davies boys basketball coach